Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 146 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. We're too much talking about pets is barely enough. And for all of our avid listeners out there, you're going to be very excited because this is going to be a very, uh, what can only be described as the first and only succinct podcast that we've ever recorded in 146 episodes. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton and I'm joined by Captain Succinctacity himself. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you? Oh, I'm well, thanks. Thanks, Robbie. Sorry, mate, you got yourself caught on uh, on half time there. You might be. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, need to wind it up, don't we? To, to, to 1.5 times speed so we can get through this thing fast. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Scratch you later. Uh, that's bye. A, that's the best one we've done, isn't it? We, oh, uh, absolutely. Your dad will be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We've been busy, haven't we, mate? Just uh, a lot going on. We missed we missed one last week. Uh, listeners uh, will have missed, missed the show last week, but you, you've, had a, you've had a fair bit on, mate. Oh, I've found an extra end to burn the candle on this week, Lewis. I, uh, I I dug down in the middle of the candle and exposed a little bit of the wick, and I've been able to burn it from both ends, both uh, in the middle and at the end. It's uh, oh, it's it's, it's an incredible thing. Um, yeah, work's just been insane. We've had a dad's group thing this week. Um, uh, I've got a, a car that is um currently has nothing packed in it that I'm supposed to be uh, leaving within 35 minutes when we get the kids out of school. Uh, so uh, so yeah, it's all it's all coming up Millhouse. How about you? Uh, good mate, I've been good. We've been uh, we've been sans bambinos this week. Whoa! For, nice. for those those non linguistic uh, linguistic listeners uh, without children, sans bambino, you know, just just adding a bit of my spice of. You know the different languages and that sort of thing. Actually, went out to dinner last night. Went to uh, Latin uh, South American restaurant. Yeah, so way to come over. Accent, you know, explaining the menu. Juanito and the jalapenos and the nice. Know, the, uh, you know the Jimenez hum- uh, dressing. All oh, right, fantastic. No worries. Deep goes. So, where are you from? He goes. Yeah, Italy. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay, great. Thank you very yeah. much. Living the dream, mate. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> Spanish. So. Anyway, so we've had a good week. We've 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 gone out every second night. Movies, oh, theatre. Nice saw yeah. saw a friend of the podcast, Clint Yuderman, at uh, at the theatre on the on the Sunday night. Just sidled up behind him in the queue and said, "Excuse me, Clint, can you do an ultrasound for me tomorrow?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mean to be harassing you, following around, but uh, but did he jump at that? Because that surely would have taken him by a little bit of surprise. You know, seeing something out of context. Well, interestingly, uh, after I'd said that, I actually got an invoice for him even before he, you know, before he turned around <laughs> replied. Very, very good on the invoices, Clint. Very, very, very succinct. Bit like this podcast, quick on the invoices. I wouldn't have sure what have been more, more scary for him, mate. The fact that uh, somebody, uh, you know, just jumped up behind him and he wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah, that mustache. He turned around and thought he might have been uh, having a, a, a run in with one of the Comancheros. Oh, uh, masked up, mate. So he wouldn't have seen the, the tash, I don't think. But yeah. oh, okay, right. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have a mask with a mustache on there. <laughs> that's oh, that's idea. just been special for Deb with the week away from the kids. He's going to shave it off before the girls come back because they're going to be worried that, you know, mum's, mum's, you know, rocking up with, uh, you know, no. some other, some, another man. It's me with the tash, not, not uh, anyone else. It's oh, all good. All right. You're yeah, more no. than the moustache. Anyway, I thought it was going to be succinct. Yeah, it was. A uh, bit of an issue this week, mate, that uh, I don't know if you, Marabin AEC, Marabin, 
Rabbin Animal Eventually Centre. Do you guys refer there or you probably Matt Waverley? No, we, we use the Matt Waverley crew. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. They closed, had to close for a night with a lack of staff. Wow. Yeah. Gee whiz. Yeah, incredible, the, isn't it? I mean, they're they're owned by you know one of the big um, mm. big national corporate uh, um, yes. vet vet groups here. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's AEC branches all over Australia. So um, no, I didn't I didn't actually hear about that. Oh, you sent me a, a cryptic text message. I thought, oh. no, thanks, mate. But I, I don't know whether or not uh, I will be sending them to Maramans. That's a little bit further away from a client. Yeah. So you know, I'll probably just stick with the one that's ten minutes down the road. But no, was wow, an, I couldn't bit, find vets. Yeah, a bit of an email we got. Yeah, shortage of staff. They're closing for a night. So I don't know whether it was vets or or vet nurses that they couldn't couldn't wow. feel the shift overnight. So interesting, um, interesting developments. The the shortage of vets is starting to bite in Melbourne, definitely. So, and, and I'm, I'm I uh, have some real concerns as to whether or not we're going to be able to keep on traveling the way we are through this year where all the clinics are as busy as what we are, where all of these COVID puppies are going to be getting de-sexed in the next six to 12 months. So we're going to be even busier. Uh, I'm, I'm really worried that a lot of people are going to be burning out just because everyone's already so strapped for time. Um, and gee whiz. Yeah. If, uh, if one of the big emergency centers had to shut down for a night, mm. like that's, uh, that's incredible. Especially when they've got the feelers they have, you know, they've got a lot of, like you said, a lot of other clinics, a lot of, a lot of uh, access to resources. You think that they'd be able to pull vets or vet nurses from other areas, but yeah, incredible that they've got to the point where no, we have to shut down. So, you know, it's, 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 it's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, but on other news, mate, the uh, Flynn's walk is back on this year. Hopefully all going to plan. Oh, nice one. Uh, yeah. Flynn's walk uh, in, in uh, memory of uh, Flynn Hargreaves uh, set up by his mates that we did a, a podcast of Flynn talks. Uh, a couple of couple of months ago, which was uh, which was fun. Yeah, I remember dominating you in the uh, you know, in, the, in the quizzes there. You know, which was yeah, not not that not that I want to keep bringing up the past, yeah, but just my victories. You know, not, I'm not bitter at all. Wow, thanks. For oh, that. I'm certainly not. I'm certainly not bitter. Bitter <laughs> with the, the sweet sweet taste of, uh, of of you know of of, of fun times. I know you. Um, I know you one not to gloat, mate. I know that. I know. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Gloat is not just something that happens when you suck in too much air into your tummy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so when when's the date? Uh, second second of May, I think uh, Jack uh, Jack the organizer got onto us. So um, basically, yeah, Flynn's walk. It's a, I think it's a walk around uh, Williamstown mm. um, you know, on the second of May. Come along, come come vets, come come uh, owners, come come pets, come pets, come nursing staff. Uh, it's in support of uh, mental health in in the veterinary profession. Uh, fantastic thing, walk and talk and chat, um, and uh, put that in your put your in the, in your calendar if you're anywhere near Melbourne. And I think that trying to work some you know, maybe do a few overseas maybe even other states as well so we will we, we'll probably get jack on the next few weeks and have a chat about it a little bit more absolutely um, check yeah. i think you'll find them on facebook search for flynn's walk on facebook there'll be a lot of pertinent information on there but i dare say mate that we'll be plugging it and plugging it yeah. hard yeah yes definitely yeah. exactly and uh big thank you to zilkeen a big supporter of the show with their mild anxiety lowering medication uh you know it's a, it's a milk derivative um if you've got a pet that it's, uh, it's maybe maybe uh, I had two cats actually this week fighting in the household. That the owners um, were going to try a bit of Zilkeen and some Feliway as a as a bit of a, a measure because they weren't keen on medication yet. Um, mm. So and along with some other behaviour modifications. So great great way to uh, 
to get a little bit of mild anxiety reduction by using the Zilkeen in, in that circumstance. Yeah, I um, I used it today for a, a little puppy that's uh, he's 16 weeks old and he's just a little bit stressed out when he's seeing other dogs. So as I look at it, pretty, pretty important that we try and get him socialised and getting socialised now, but obviously he's a little bit stressed out. Let's try this to see if that puts him in a better frame of mind for when we're going out and trying to uh, trying to get him used to different things in his world that he's going to have to uh, get used to so he's not going to be a grumpy dachshund. Sounds good, mate. And big thank you also, Delicate Care, the Australian-made, Australian-owned uh, food, That uh, big supporter of the show. Um, a big thanks to Andre, who's down in Tassie at the moment. Yes. Uh, keep, keep seeing updates on Facebook of him catching up with other vets, so we're missing out. But anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you to Delicate Care. They've got some great range of foods. Some of them are really good with um, uh, for uh, skin and stomach or maybe you've got dental issues. Um, there's a mobility support. There's weight management. Um, for cats and for dogs. Uh, hey, mate, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. All right, I can hear you again now too. Excellent. All We're right, back. good. That's good. Great. So big thank you to those guys. And um, and uh, uh, this week, mate, in the news, yes. I, um, I got a little funny article I saw somewhere. We just got to find it here. Parrots in wildlife park moved after swearing at visitors. Oh, hello. No, this I is like from, this. This, this is, is from, great. This is from CNN. Oh, okay, yes. CNN and N. Yep. Five parrots have been moved from public view at a British wildlife park after they started swearing at customers. Oh. The foul-mouthed birds were split up after they launched a number of different expletives at visitors and staff just days after being donated to the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in eastern England. Oh, so it, these weren't ones that were specifically trained to swear at the park. They were donated. Yeah, donated. Yeah, right. They came swearing in their baggage. I think yeah, in a right. little, little packed, packed, uh, packed little satchel they had. Swearing Excellent. was included. It just went ballistic. They were all swearing. The venue's chief executive, Steve Nichols, told CNN Travel on Tuesday, "We were a little concerned about the children. Tip and CNN Travel hasn't got much to talk about, so I guess that's kind of they got to pivot, move into different areas of little bit of reporting. Yes. Yeah, yep. I get called a fat now." I'm not sure we're going to have to, yeah, we haven't got a beep and I haven't got time to edit that in. No, but it's, no. it's, we've got here a fat T star star T. So we'll let the listeners fill in the blanks. Oh, yeah, good, good. Yes. Yep. Yep. Every, every time I walk past, Nichols complained. The African grey parrots named Eric, Jade, Elsie, Tyson and Billy. Right. Good. Sounds good. like a boy band. Uh, it does. Well, boy band from Moe, maybe. Yeah. It's not, not you. <laughs> Not your Niall and your your uh, oh, I don't know the other ones Harry yeah, yeah, Harry Harry, Harry Styles yeah. Dylan yeah, yeah Dylan's yeah. a good boy band name but you know. Justin yeah Eric Jade Elsie Tyson and Billy from Moey excellent were given to the park from five different owners within the oh. same week so they've been wow. teaching each other <laughs> I mean I've been spreading the potty mouth around haven't they it's a little, little bit of a, like a, no, a naughty word bird enclave yeah yeah exactly oh T star star T to you too um they'll get into the park yep they shared a quarantining facility together before being placed on display but staff immediately noticed that there's Birds shared a propensity to fly off the handle. I like the use of the pun there. I like a great bird pun. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yep. They literally went within a short, very short period of time, started swearing at each other. Nichols said, F star star K off is the most common one. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, well, good. Yeah, yeah. They know the basics. That's yeah, good. That's right. Yeah. That, that's that's uh, that's kindergarten 101, isn't it? Yeah, Maybe well. Absolutely. Yeah, pre- yeah, something like that. He explained it's a very easy one for them to learn, right? Oh, right. Ph- phonetically, it's very easy to say when you've got a beak, apparently. <laughs> but the birds would other anything you can think of. Oh, right. Most customers enjoyed the talent once the birds were displayed. The visitor was giving them as much back as what they were giving to them, Nichols said. <laughs> But concern for younger customers forced staff to split up the birds and temporarily remove them from the public's parks, public areas. Right. Staff now hope the birds' language will become more family friendly now that they have been separated. Surely there's just one in there that's instigated all, it's taught them all, isn't there? Oh, so like a, a bad influence, like yeah, a, a bad, a bad bird egg. That's yeah, the that, one that's just spoiling the rest of them. Yeah, the the rotten, a rotten egg. egg. The rotten egg in the in the bird group. To take in a swearing parrot isn't an unusual thing. It's something that happens probably three or four times a year. Nichols said, Jeez, "They're but, getting a lot of birds." Yeah, the pandemic has led to a surge in donations as owners spend more time with their birds and decide to give them to parks that can provide them with a larger living space, he explained. Oh, God. We normally because take in- they had a bigger, they, they didn't have a, as a normal, different living space back in 2019. Well, I think they're probably just home with the birds and realizing they're annoying and make a lot of noise or something. I don't and know. keep swearing at me, keep calling me <laughs> a, a fat TWAT. I, I'm on this, I'm on this, uh, I'm on the Zoom talk with the boss, and they're in the background's going, oh, yeah. F star star boss off. Yeah. Like, sure, it wasn't me. That was uh that was Jaden in the background from Maui. Yeah, right. and, and and they've probably been swearing about the boss for all these times that the Zoom calls being on. Mr. Jones is a right. Mr. Jones is a right. <laughs> we normally take in one or two parrots in a fortnight. Today we took in eight. Oh jeez. Wow. African greys are among the most popular species of parrot. Around one point. One million indoor birds were kept as pets in the UK in 2019, according to the Pet Food Manufacturers Association. Are they? Is there a new diet coming? Is there a new diet coming board? Is it? Is it the? Is it the African parrot and the red quinoa? Is that? Is that what we? Is that what they're saying? The 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 pet food manufacturers are keeping tabs on how many parrots are going through the system. And is there any there, there any word there that the uh, that the African grey parrot and quinoa diet might uh, lead to you know a, a, an outbreak of Tourette's syndrome in the in the animals <laughs> that eat it? You know that they just seem to start swearing uncontrollably. Quite possibly, they haven't led to look into that. I wonder if there's a test for that. Anyway, uh, right. All righty. Well, I might move on to disclaimer. You got that yes. there, mate. All advice on this show is generally nature. See, how good are we at moving quickly when we oh. have to? So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. All righty. This was a um, an article I was, uh, that I saw in the companionanimalpsychology.com. A great blog, actually, if you want to follow a good blog on uh, on animal behavior. Very up-to-date stuff that, that I get uh, links to from those guys. It's a new study shows dogs trained with rewards, well, sorry, with rewards only, are more optimistic. Oh, was, optimism. Was by, yeah, by Viera de Castro et al. Um uh, does training methods matter? Evidence for the negative impact of aversive-based methods on companion dog welfare, published in PLOS One. So 
When, uh, so this is uh, the Companion Animal Psychology blog by Zazie Todd, who we've heard of before. I'm sure we've mentioned her name on the, yes. on the podcast before, a PhD. And um, so she, she writes, when dogs are trained with methods such as leash jerks, yelling and shock collars, they have worse welfare than dogs trained solely with food rewards, according to new research. Although many dog trainers and guardians have already made the switch to using reward-based methods, some still use aversive methods such as leech jerks and prong collars. While previous research has shown that there are risks to using aversive methods, new research finds that they affect a dog's emotional welfare during the training session. As well, dogs trained with a high proportion of aversive methods are less optimistic than those trained only with rewards. So in this study, they uh, the people who took their dog to one of six different training schools in Porto, Portugal. Oh, Porto. Yeah, you've been there, mate. I've been to Porto. Oh, yes. a Porto, isn't that? They do the chicken there. The they do, peri, they do peri. a form of Portuguese yeah. chicken. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The schools were classified into groups depending on whether they used only reward-based methods. That was called the reward group, surprisingly, or aversive methods. Because of the difference in the levels of aversive methods used, those schools were divided according to whether they used a mix that included aversive methods less than 40% of the time. So that's a mixed group. Or if they used primarily aversive methods, they were aversive group. There were two schools in each of those groups. Reward-based methods are those based on positive reinforcement and negative punishment. Most of the schools use food rewards as positive reinforcement in training, but one of the schools in the aversive group used heavy petting instead. Oh, oh sorry, just petting instead. Sorry. Oh, all right. So that's the parody. That's the parody me coming out there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Keep H, it clean, mate. H star 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 G petting. Yeah. Right. Students of dog training That's will know. That's not just overweight animals, is it? Heavy petting. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, pretty sure. Like yes. a forty-five kilogram Labrador. That's not just heavy petting. <laughs> it might well be. Yes. Students of dog training will know that something is only punishment or reinforcement if there is a change in behaviour. Well, that's the strict definition of it. But for this study, they researchers looked at whether the training was intended as positive reinforcement or positive punishment. As they were not accessing the effectiveness of the training. Other studies have shown that petting, patting, does not work as well as food in dog training. Well, we know that. Aversive methods are those based on positive punishment and negative reinforcement. Examples of positive punishment used by the schools in the study included leash jerks with a prog or choke collar, using a shock collar, like an electric collar, a shock collar, and hitting or yelling at the dog. Examples of negative reinforcement include pulling up or down on the dog's collar with the leash and releasing it when the dog sat or lay down. Horrible to think that's still being used, but certainly mm. is with some, some dog schools. A total of 92 dogs took part, all of whom had attended the school for less than two months and who did not have a serious behavior issue, such as separation, anxiety, or aggression. In the training context, uh, several saliva samples were taken from each dog and a video was recorded for the first 15 minutes of each of the three training sessions. Then the dogs took part in a cognitive bias test, just a test. We'll say a test at a room at the university. The dogs were first trained that if a bowl was put in one location, it was always, always contained food in another location. It never contained food to be sure they weren't using their nose to find the bowl. 
Um, they first rubbed the empty bowl with food, so it smelled like food. Once the dog has the hang of it, the scientists began to mix in some test trials in which the dog was presented with a bowl in one of three sort of ambiguous locations. So it wasn't in the corner where there was definitely food. Like behind the door, one, one on the, the windowsill. Yeah, well, well, yes. Behind sort the of. couch. Yeah, one on the parrot's perch. Yep. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they weren't the bowls were either exactly in the middle of the two bowls that were meant to have food or not food or closer to one of the other locations. So the idea being is the dogs that are feeling more optimistic the bowl might contain food will run to the bowl faster. Mm. That's the standard test of welfare. It's been used in lots of different studies. So really, really good way to say, you know, how optimistic is the pet about, I'm going to find something good in this mm. room. The results showed that within the training sessions themselves, dogs in the aversive group showed more body language signs of stress, such as crouching, yawning, lip licking, and a body turn than dogs in the reward group. Dogs in the mixed group, so that's a little bit of aversive, a little bit of reward sort of all put together, also showed more stress-related behaviours than in the rewards group. And dogs in the aversive group showed more of these behaviours than those in the mixed group. There are also differences in overall behavioural states, such that dogs in the reward-only group were more likely to be relaxed or excited and less likely to be tense or low than dogs in the aversive group. Dogs in the mixed group were less likely to be excited and more likely to be tense than those in the reward group. After training... Dogs in the aversive group had higher cortisol levels, so that's a sign of stress, than mm. those in the in the reward group as well. So that's it's a stress hormone. Yeah, yep. and the, they say that that's the first time this has been shown in, um, right. in, in, in this sort of situation. In the test, dogs in the aversive group took longer than those in the reward group to reach the bowls in ambiguous situations, suggesting they were less optimistic. Scientists write, critically, our study points to the fact that the welfare of companion dogs trained with aversive-based methods is at risk, especially if these are used in high proportions. Overall, these results show that dogs trained with aversive message methods do not have such good welfare as those trained with only reward-based methods, and this effect is even stronger when aversive methods are used more often. So. Right. Another nail in the coffin for, uh, for, for aversive training sort of stuff, you know? Yes. All carrot, no stick. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah. We should be you know, working more and more to using positive reinforcement for all training of our pets um, and, and turning our nose at the, some of the aversive things that we will have been used in the past. Yeah. So good. Good, good. Another little article there, mate. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so if, uh, if anyone's got anything that they'd like to uh, add or to, uh, to, to comment, um, maybe if anybody needs any job advice, you know, or any, any life advice, you know, uh, maybe uh, join us on Patreon, uh, go to patreon.com, search for two vets, talk pets, and you can sign up. You can send us a letter. You can send us a, a quick note or an email at, uh, at two vets, talk pets at gmail.com. I mean, happy helping out one of our Patreon uh, uh, subscribers, Lewis, with some, uh, some, some life, uh, you know, life, affirming work so hopefully they are uh, happy with the advice that was given um yeah maybe, big, you know, big shout out one of our favorites yes, yeah. yes. Um, big shout uh, so if you want to get involved as well patreon.com uh, join up for as little as two dollars a month uh, we'll get you out a sticker and you know you can join in and help us to keep the lights on otherwise uh, find us on social media things two vets talk pets you know we're the only ones of two vets talk right. pets we're on Facebook, aren't we? We're on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Robbie's on OnlyFans. Go and check it out. Um, nice. you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm there with my swearing African grey parrot. There. <laughs> what? Is that what you call it, mate? That's an interesting <laughs> one. I've, I've never <laughs> seen <laughs> never, never seen a hairless parrot before. But anyway, all right. All righty, guys. Citizen beacon feather disease, mate. It happens. It's real. It's real. All righty, we'll scratch you later. Peace out. Oh, and just uh, just as a as a passing thought, um, I just was listening to another podcast, and they said uh, 
you know, um, a question was asked, do teeth taste like nothing or do we just get used to the flavour? Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.